Write to be read podcast, episode number 53. Interview with Kathy Preslan. You are listening to the Write to be read podcast, and this is your host, Ani Alexander. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Write to be Read podcast, the podcast that inspires and encourages writers. I'm your host, Annie Alexander, and I would like to start this episode with an apology. I was supposed to release this episode yesterday, and I was not able to do that, so I'm a day late. The reason for not being on time, and you know, in fact, I missed my schedule for the first time since the podcast was launched, which is, you know, not bad. The reason was that my website was hacked. As you can imagine, it was pretty unpleasant and stressful experience and it took a whole day to clean it up. So now it's finally up and running and you can get your today's episodes show notes at www.anialexander.com slash 53. Okay, well, now we can get back to the show. Uh, my today's guest is Kathy Pressland. Kathy is from the UK. She is former economic advisor to governments around the world. Now, Kathy is a speaker, trainer, and writer. She helps people write, publish, and market their non-fiction books. Hello, Kathy. I am so happy to have you here. Welcome to the Right to Be Read show. Hi, Annie. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, um, I just want to mention to my listeners before we start that um, my very first steps in self-publishing were connected to the online course on Udemy that you have on self-publishing, which which I went through and it enormously helped me out. And this was like the first connection we had together online. And that's how I found you online. So thank you for the course. It, it really helped. And thank you very much for everything you do for the writers because you helped them enormously. Thank you. And, you know, I still remember that contact. It must be a little while ago now. But even today, I try to keep that course updated. And actually, even even last night, I got an email from somebody saying, I've just published my book. I'm so excited. So, you know, things change, obviously, in the scene, but it's still it's still relevant. And I do keep try to keep it updated. We'll put a link to that in the show notes in case people want to check it out. Absolutely. So let's get back to the very beginning and see how did you end up doing what you're doing? And you're mainly uh, what I see you're mainly working with writers and you're helping them to write and self-publish and market their books, right? That's right. Yes. It was kind of a, a long story. And I know you have a lot of listeners who are maybe doing a couple of things. They're working and they're writing at the same time. And one of the things I guess I would say from the very beginning is that I didn't anticipate, you know, it wasn't like this was what I was always going to do. And I I, I aimed for it. It, it. it became something that evolved. And I know when people write, when, and especially when they set up a business, I think, you know, I guess that's the first tip that I'd give is just see where it takes you, allow things to evolve and kind of follow things that you enjoy, things that excite you and, you know, obviously things that connect with your customers or your readers. So I started out, I'm an economist or a former economist, I guess I have to <laughs> say now. Um, somebody said to me, do you ever stop being an economist? I thought, I'm not sure. <laughs> but that's my background. I'm an economist. Um, worked, you know, decades actually in economics and in policy. I worked for governments. I've worked internationally, uh, spent quite a long time in Africa. I've worked for the European Union, you know, I've worked at kind of international levels um, in economics and um, working for governments. 
and think tanks, you know, and various kind of organizations around that. And um, about, I think it's about five years ago now, I decided that I I wanted a change really. I, you know, actually I loved what I was doing. A lot of entrepreneurs say they feel really constrained by their job and they, you know, they kind of have to get out of it. And it wasn't like that for me. I absolutely loved what I was doing, but I thought, you know, I could do this for the next 20 years and it would be, it would be great. Or maybe there is a kind of different lifestyle, really, I was looking for, not necessarily a different kind of work. But, you know, when you're in a job, you get paid for the hours that you work. So Mm. uh, if you reduce your hours, then obviously your salary reduces. So, you know, so I just wanted to see if there was just a different way of kind of spending that, that, I guess, that second half of my career. (laughs) So it was a little bit of a crazy move at the time, I have to say. But um, I moved then into into kind of strategy and advice and, and working with entrepreneurs at a, at a sort of strategic level, you know, helping with their business development, kind of bringing what I knew from from economics and um, doing some coaching and mentoring with um, with entrepreneurs. And it's from that really that I evolved into working specifically with writers because I, after a little bit of resistance, did some writing myself. You know, we all think, oh my gosh, it's such a big project and can I do it and how long is it going to take me? But actually it was my, my husband that kind of pushed me he said come on he said you're you know you write he said why don't you just put something out then eventually I said oh okay so I put a book out um and what was incredible um for me in that in that role is that suddenly I became kind of noticed at a different level I got invited to do speaking I got invited to the UK's biggest business conference you know Richard Branson all those kind of big names were there and suddenly like people were asking me to speak and it just it, it just, I think, makes you visible at a different level when you're a published author. And, you know, obviously, if you've got good quality content and I teach nonfiction, I know your your readers might be thinking they're in the fiction world. So, you know, how is that kind of relevant? But for those for those writers that I work with who are nonfiction writers, it just takes you, you know, to a different level, I think, of visibility and of, of what you do in your business um, and around your business and, you know, potentially also in your career. So that was the real shifting point for, for me. And then from that, then, of course, people ask, how did you do this? And, you know, what was your kind of path and how did you self-publish? So that's really how I how I kind of evolved into working with writers. And it's still very much for me that link between the business, between what your kind of um, ambitions are as, a, as somebody who, you know, may not be a full-time writer, but may want to write and to publish as a means of really, you know, helping you move forward in your business, move forward in your career and also help you move move it into kind of organizing and um really looking at your work in a different way what I find when people write is they say time and time again to me gosh it makes me realize how valuable my experience is how valuable mm-hmm. my information is you know yeah. just that process of structuring it getting it down on paper and putting it into a format it, it, it's it's a it's a real self-development process Annie I don't know if you found that yeah. as well but yeah. yeah absolutely and it also kind of boosts your uh, self-esteem as well once you finish the book and massively you, yeah it's it's really um, massively yeah massively that shift it's really hard to put it into words when people come and say oh I kind of want to do it and I I see it you know you've experienced it but I see it in the people that I work with that shift in in everything in self-esteem in confidence you know one of my clients said that she really shifted the way that she valued what she did, you know, actually financially valued it in terms of her charging for her fees and, and just she just regarded it differently when uh-huh. she'd when she put her, you know, her process down into into a book. It's like, gosh, this is good stuff. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like yeah. you're nodding. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. And what yeah. happened when you wrote your very first book? Uh, you self-published it. Uh, what happened? Did it uh, have success immediately or you went to this learning curve of, uh, you know, how to promote it and get more readers? What was the journey for you, for your yeah, no. first book? <laughs> it's, a learning, it's always a learning curve, isn't it? You know, it's always a learning curve. I think I sold something about 30 or 40 copies initially when I launched it. I did have a bit of, you know, a bit of a, a list, a bit of a community. So, so, you know, that's not, some people might think, oh, that's good. Now I regard that like it's really terrible. <laughs> so, so it sold a little bit. Um, it doesn't sell well. And in fact, I... Um, um, I, I self-published it, but I self-published it through Book Baby, which, um, you know, we uh -huh. kind of possibly are the, the different routes to self-publish. But it's because obviously I was, you know, I didn't know what I was doing at that stage. I used a service. There are lots of services out there that you can use, um, which is great for the new writer because it takes away the complexity of formatting, you know, the complexity of the uploading and managing of the accounts. They just pay me uh, um, the royalty um, in arrears after they've been paid it. So it has lots of advantages for the new writer, but the disadvantage, the really big disadvantage of using a service like that is that you as the author don't have control over the marketing uh -huh. because, you know, because it's with them. So all of the things that we can do, especially for those authors who self-publish exclusively with Amazon and want to be in the, you know, in the KDP Select program, um, all of the things that we can do to help promote our books it's very difficult to do when your when your book is either with a mainstream publisher always being published through one of one of the, the the many many services that are out there so that was really a big lesson for me I, I I mean you know I kind of that was what it was and I keep it there almost as a like a memento you know it's like that was that was a milestone on the journey and at some point I think I go back and I'll update it and I, but you know things have moved on for me and But that was a big lesson. But I think the lesson really is, you know, you do what you do at the time with the best information that you have. And I think for, there's such a lot to do when you're writing and then you've got to publish and, you know, the formatting and all of these things that you have to understand when you're self-publishing. Whatever you can do to make it easier to get your book completed, to just get it out there is, you know, is the best path, I think. Some people have more resources so they can, you know, they can pay services or they can pay individuals to do that for them. Some people don't. They want to just, you know, to, to use the, the free services or the very low-cost services. But just make it easy on yourself, whatever stage you're at, because you will learn from that. You know, I learned from that. Um, and, and for me, it was, uh, you know, I've gone on to, to do things differently. So the last time I had a, um, a book launch, you know, I did it very differently. I self-published it. I had a kind of a, you know, a launch with a bunch of bonuses and, you know, mm -hmm. got to got to got to the top of the charts in quite a number of categories with that book. You know, now I kind of would do things differently for myself and obviously advise people to do things differently. But you don't know that when you're starting out. So, you know, don't feel like you have to know everything. <laughs> Yeah, especially, I mean, I, I'm always saying that the most important thing is to take action and to do something, because if yeah. you don't, you will never know what will happen next and, you know, how it would be if you don't try, you don't know how it will be. And the the thing is also to take into account that it's not your last book. So, you know, it's one of your books, because you, if you are a writer, you will be keeping on writing. So it's not something, the, it's not your only chance to do everything right. Yeah, yeah, it's really important as well, I think. And I mean, for my my audience, primarily, they probably don't consider themselves to be writers, they consider themselves to be, you know, experts or coaches or kind of um, entrepreneurs in some way. But actually, two, two things that are really interesting out of that is that I would say, 
I, I want to say 100%, but maybe it's not 100%, but certainly most of the people I work with, it's almost like releasing something once they realize actually that they can write, that they can share their message, they then go on to write more content. So it's almost like it releases something inside of you, I think, to, to, to go through that process. But also I think for, you know, in terms of marketing, thinking about this very strategically, if you want your book to be noticed, I see a lot of new writers putting a lot of emphasis on the first book and on, you know, trying to do everything to launch and putting a lot of um, effort into getting people to buy, you know, messaging all their friends and all those kind of slightly spammy things, which mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. we probably wouldn't recommend. Yeah. But actually, the best thing you can do as a new writer is get that first book out there, you know, see how it does, learn some lessons and just produce more content because you will have massively more success the more books that you have. It's easier to market them. It's easier to cross promote them you know you've got all of those lessons it's easier to have one on sale and then have one at a higher price you know that there, there are a lot lot more things that you can do and you get a lot more credibility by having a number of books a series of books or books in you know related topics so definitely build your portfolio as a writer write your first book complete it get it out there I'm you know as you are Annie, a big big fan of self-publishing so if that's the route for you then you know then then go through that route and then move on to the next book and, you know, try to, to stay in momentum with it all. Yeah, well, I, I think that what what makes uh, people really enthusiastic is uh, there is a problem. There is a, some kind of fear and doubt for putting your writing out there. And once you overcome that and you already have one book out there, it's much, much easier with the next ones. So, and it leads me to the question, since you've been working with people who are writing their books and most of them, their first ones, I I presume, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. And since you're working with them mainly, um, what are the most common struggles they are struggling with in the very beginning? What are their issues that they have to overcome during the process? Yeah, well, the one that most people say they have, which I think kind of masks something else, is that um, people say, oh, I don't have the time to write. Mm -hmm. They see it as this like, like I've got to have, you know, six weeks in a log cabin somewhere in the hills without <laughs> any people around me. And, That's you know, the this, ideal way, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it would drive me crazy, actually. But anyway, I mean, that. but that's kind of what we have in our heads, isn't it? That somehow, you know, you're this lonely writer and you kind of sit there and you've got 24 hours a day and it's that's, that's what it's all about. So people say, I haven't got the time. And underneath that, I think, we, you know, we make time for things that, that, that are a priority for us. So we can all make time. We can all find 30 minutes or an hour or two hours in a day. So the issue isn't really that, that you haven't got the time. The issue is something else. And it usually falls into two, two things. Is one is that you have too many ideas or you don't know how to structure your ideas. I find, a, 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 you know, I'm a kind of, and with nonfiction, I guess it's easier in a way to organize your ideas and structure your ideas and actually come up with a kind of a, you know, a plan, an outline mm-hmm. for a book. I haven't ventured into fiction. So, you know, I know some people plan also for fiction and some people don't, but, you know, I'm going to stick with what I know, which is nonfiction. So often the block is around like this mass of ideas in your head and it's kind of, where do I start? So, it's not the time, it's the structure. And if you can get those ideas on paper and you can create an outline structure, you know, you can plan it out, however that works, just on a whiteboard or you just create a little mind map and you can start to put it into a chapter structure and, you know, and sections within a chapter. That really helps people <coughs> to go through that process. And then, you know, and then suddenly the writing's easy because you can just pick a section and, and write that section. Mm-hmm. So that's 
you know, that's kind of one of the issues that underlies this I don't have time kind of uh, question. And then the other, I think, is that is all of that emotional stuff is there's something very personal about writing. And I had a course, um, I run a couple of live courses in London um, from time to time. And I had one just last week. And somebody said it's really different when we're writing, you know, analytically from, you know, from a kind of an academic perspective than it is when we're writing about our own experience and our own story. Uh-huh. And it's like it's like we're putting our heart and soul into this. We're exposing ourselves and we feel very vulnerable mm-hmm. and and that that is very real is a very real fear and the only way i think you can you can go beyond it is really just to do it and to accept that you have that fear i have that fear annie you probably have that fear. you know we <laughs> all we all have it but you you kind of you know you write in despite it you just write anyway because you want to and because you you know if you can keep in mind that you are being of service to somebody there is somebody there who will really value what you have to say and who will you know really find inspiration you know like I said you know we connected a couple of years ago with my stuff and I had an email from somebody just yesterday about it you know there is somebody out there who is going to respond in that way to your book and as soon as it's out there as soon as you get those email messages or you know tags on Facebook whatever it is gosh I found this really inspiring I really loved it that is so rewarding and that is where you have to keep your focus is that there is somebody there is a reader out there for you you just put your book out and you know you have to kind of close your mind in a way because people will criticize you you'll get those one star reviews you know it is inevitable you just have to um you just have to focus um you just have to focus on it and actually do you know what was really interesting is i've just it's just a, a kind of complete aside here that um I asked my Facebook friends yesterday, I've just finished a good book. And I said, oh, I'm at that stage, you know, you just finished a good book. <laughs> kind of, I'm looking for another book. Uh-huh. People posted recommendations and I went over to look at the recommendations. And one of the books had like really mixed reviews. It had a lot of one and two star reviews and then a lot of four and five star reviews. And do you know what? It was selling really, really well. I can't remember which one it was, but I noticed it particularly because I thought, gosh, that's, you know, it's one of those like people love it or hate it. Yeah, uh-huh. And yeah. and the book was doing really really well, and it, it was in it. I think it was it might have been was it was it Com Toybin? I think I can't I can't exactly remember now. I don't want to well, I've said now, but anyway, I don't want to kind of be specifics. I can't remember which book it was, but it was a book that that had a very very mixed reception. And you know that is the reality. Your book will have a mixed reception. It may polarize people, and you know, and that is just the reality. And just focus on the people who enjoy it, who connect. And, you know, and and as we've said, move on to write the next book and don't, you know, don't kind of get caught up in what people are saying about your stuff. Just keep creating. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, of course, one star reviews can really, really put you down, uh, especially if they are your first one star reviews, because Mm -hmm. you need to kind of, you know, to get immune to that and get used to that somehow, because the the very first times are a bit harsh. But I think that uh, one should not take them personally, because it's, it's not like they are criticizing you or what you've done. They are just, you know, it's their own opinion about what you've written. So it's you know sometimes it's it's really good to to be able to kind of step aside and and look at it from a side look and not take it that personal. So it it makes things a bit easier. Uh, and uh, yeah, you're right. No one can write a book which will be liked by everyone. So it's just a matter of finding the readers who you wrote it for and who will like it and uh, who will appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And and I think online especially is that we, 
people forget that there is a person behind the, you know, the website or the digital book or, or whatever it is. We have, you know, we're more distant now probably from our relationship with authors and we don't see them as real people. We just, it's just a name, you know, and mm-hmm. I think people, sometimes just people just leave comments which are just frankly, you know, stupid. And it's like if they had thought about it and thought that there was a person behind it, they would have, would you know wouldn't have said it so I think we need to take it in that in that regard as well and say it just it just doesn't mean anything and and sometimes people can get you know if it's really hurtful um we kind of have this phrase in that you know the kind of coaching world that that often when somebody gives some kind of criticism it's more about them and what they're going through and their insecurities than it is about you so so you know again I know it can it it can and it will and I'll say this to your listeners that it will hurt you when you get criticism there is you know there is there is nobody I I think who has a skin thick enough to just uh, but you just have to say you know okay I feel hurt but at a logical level I know that this is it's just whatever that person is going through let me you know let me kind of give them some kindness and just move on and and it's about me and I find the more I do, the, the, the you know, the less interested I am in what people think and the, the more I can kind of close off, you know, looking at what other people are doing and just concentrate on my own thing, then obviously the easier it is, the the, the easier it is to produce and just to get, continue to, get, to put stuff out there, whether it's, you know, I do a lot of training, so whether it's training or writing or whatever it is you do, just focus on your own stuff and, uh, you know, and um, and move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. And what about um, what keeps you productive? Do you and what do you teach people? Do you have uh, any specific uh, tips or tricks that you use? Or you think that it, it's very personalized and it depends on the personality of the person and he should find his own way which works best for him? Yeah, I think a bit of both. I know people do, you know, do have their own things that keep them productive. But I think when it comes to writing, I'm a, a big fan of the kind of, you know, the bum on the seat, I guess as we'd say here in the uh-huh. UK, basically mm-hmm. just do it. And that kind of waiting for inspiration moment, or, you know, I'm going to go away for the weekend, I'm going to take a cabin by the beach or in the mountain, you know, that, that sort of thing, like maybe in another lifetime, that's going to be the way you're going to write your book. But the reality is, especially if you're busy I work with people who are generally you know busy in their own business but if you're busy in a job you're writing on the side whatever it is you have going on you just have to make time and it has to become a habit and I'm I'm a big fan of that kind of little and often approach that you keep regularly writing and find a time that is productive for you I think the the morning time I I, um, certainly for me that's my most productive time if I have like you know big thinking tasks or big creative things Mm -hmm. that I want to do if I can get them done in the mornings that's definitely when I'm at my brightest and uh, I would dare say my most intelligent but so you know I recommend that if you can get up an hour earlier or you you know you can find some time even if it's a couple of hours on a, a weekend morning just just get into the habit of doing it so that's that's my big tip for people really is, is it's about habits it's about just doing it and then beyond that it's about structure we've talked a little bit about that certainly with non-fiction is if you have a clear outline mm-hmm. um I'm going to ask you actually Annie how you found it for fiction whether you outline or not but but certainly I think if you have an outline then it takes away that that kind of blank page syndrome so that you're not thinking gosh what should I write today you say I'm going to write you know chapter four section three whatever it is you've got in your outline you just pick a section some people write from the beginning of the book go through to the end I tend to kind of start in the middle you know and just sort of fill in like a jigsaw you know I fill in the different pieces so so you know that's 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 really my recommendation is be very clear in your structure yeah find, well. find, find a time and get agreement from people around you you know if it's something you really want to do 
you've got a partner, you've got children, whatever it is, just say, look, this is really important to me. It's going to take me about six months or whatever you think the time period is and say, I'm going to, you know, disappear off to the library or my office or some space in the house or outside the house for an hour every couple of days. You know, is that okay? And, and make an agreement with them so that they can support you, support you through that. Yeah, that's very important too. Well, with nonfiction, apparently, we don't really have as detailed outline as with nonfiction. But I think it's very important to to have the whole story in your mind. So you can always get uh, allow the characters to lead different things. And you always while writing fiction, at least me, I always get some twists which were not planned. But at least I have to have the book in my mind and the, the, the main storyline I have to imagine it before going and starting writing the book. Otherwise, I get stuck in the middle or, or somewhere before that even. <laughs> or so. you end up going off on routes. And I mean, I guess for fiction, that could be more exciting. But, you know, it's, it's like certainly with nonfiction, I find that authors can kind of, you know, you get you go down this route and then you think, kind of, where am I? What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes that's good you think oh actually I'm going to create an extra chapter on that topic it's really it's some really interesting new research or you know I think this is a step that I have to introduce before I do another step and you know with anything we do I did it with um sometimes with training courses I think this is the thing I want to, to teach but actually when you look at the people who are coming and you look at you know what their needs are there might be another another step that you need to introduce to get them ready mm-hmm. for the, the the main you know the main thing that you're teaching and i guess it's the same in fiction you know you need to maybe give some more backstory or something else so that people understand where you are but yeah so you know you have to be a little bit flexible it's not like you plan it all out and then you stick to it you know without any change there has to be some flexibility otherwise it's not a creative process is it it's just just yeah. becomes well personally speaking personally I would find it very boring if I was too restricted but I think having a plan takes away that you know that kind of that that moment when you sit down and you think what do I do it's, it's like having a to-do list isn't it you just take the first one you tick it off and <laughs> you move on to the next one yeah absolutely and I think readers also expect different things are looking in for different things both in non-fiction and fiction mm-hmm. reads so I mean with non-fiction you can't really go into too many different directions because most of them are looking for specific solution to specific yeah. problem so it's i i think in that sense you are a bit more limited in 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 terms of you know how far you can go from your specific topic right I think so. I think if you promise something in nonfiction, you have to deliver it. Otherwise, you would be criticized. So if you promised, yeah, you know, let's say weight loss, and then actually, you you know, you gave the person something about something completely different that they would think, well, I, I bought this book for a reason. I think how you get them there, you have much more flexibility within in nonfiction. I think the the if you have something interesting and something different and a process, you can stray from what your reader expects. They might mm-hmm. think I'm buying, like I'm buying a diet, you know, with the weight loss, I'm buying a diet book, it's going to tell me how to eat less and, you know, whatever, whatever. Actually, if you take them down a different path, you know, some mental processes or some kind of exercise programs, they might think, gosh, you know, I'm going to try this, they try it, they get results, they're going to enjoy your book. So it has to be about the results and delivering the outcome and making people, you know, I, I, I still sometimes kind of laughingly say, giving them that happy ending that, in non-fiction, I think, especially if it's a how-to, you know, it's a, a teaching kind of book, then you, you want people to feel good, you want them to experience something and to, you know, feel like you've delivered, even if what you gave them was slightly different than they expected, and, you know, it has to be enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And I, I have a feeling I've noticed that many people, many nonfiction writers are using uh, their writing and their books as a continuation, like, you know, a follow up thing, an, a, an additional element to their main business, which is like the topics they are writing about and they are expert of. So it's like, I, I presume that most of them have a certain audiences in, in their fields already who are the potential readers of their books book but what happens if it's the other way if someone is just starting and doesn't have that audience in place beforehand which is like um, not the easiest but the the best way to approach building the readership from scratch yeah well I think there's two two things if if um, somebody's in that situation where they're starting on something that's you know new and different is first of all when when you've got somebody who's very experienced and they've you know maybe they've got processes they run workshops they do coaching you know they've, they've got something in their mind what I find is they write their book very very quickly because they you know all of the information is in their head they just have to get it down on paper so that's a very quick process mm-hmm. because it's been it's been it's been tested you know that they, they they know exactly what they're talking about when somebody's newer and exploring and you know we have those creative things actually I'm doing something at the moment which is a little bit different for me and I'm finding it's a much slower process because yeah. because it's a new topic and I have to think about it I have to you know write it and then restructure it and then restructure it again it's a much longer process mm-hmm. and you know rightly so because it's not it's not something which I'm I've been living and teaching and, and training on and working on for for um uh, for, for you know for years it's, it's a new thing for me and if somebody's in that situation what, what I suggest is that you you know first of all accept that it will take a, a little bit longer and give yourself that time but also test it you know so there's two parts to it is there's testing the writing I, I really um think that that for, for non-fiction I mean you know again to say keep, keep qualifying this by saying for non-fiction yeah. um that there is something about being in relationship with your reader and I think if you if if you can do anything to kind of test your material and test your ideas with an audience while you're writing I think that will that will strengthen your writing it will make your book better um and that might be just giving some free talks. It might be having a blog, you know, anything where you can communicate with a, a small number of people who who are going to give you some kind of feedback. It doesn't mean that you have to change your ideas. I'm not suggesting, you know, you just write what people want to read. It's not what it's about. It might change how you communicate your ideas. And, mm-hmm. you know, that, that thing that we talked about, about maybe you have to kind of give them something else before you give them the main course because they're not necessarily predisposed to, your, you know, to this new idea that you've got. So, so you know, that will really help your writing to find a way to just start to put it out there. And also that helps your confidence as well because, you know, you see how people respond to your ideas. You get used to, to putting your work out in public. And mm-hmm. if you, you know, if you can interact with real people, free talks, anything like that, just, you know, groups at the library, I think that's that's the best way. But if not, then, you know, online resources are endless, aren't they, Only with blogs and Facebook and social media and, you know, even podcasts or videos or anything that, that suits you to just help you get your get your material out there. So that's one side of it. And then I think the, um, you know, that's the creative process is making your book better. And then in terms of building a platform, um, there, there are a few things you can do, anything that you can do, you know, of the things that we just talked about while you're out there, um, talking to people while you're out there connecting with people online is to start to gather an audience. So as an author, whatever kind of author you are, fiction, nonfiction, you know, wherever your genre, 
build yourself an email list. I'm, I'm sure, Annie, you'll, you mm. know, you'll ha- have people who can come and talk specifically about this. But build a way of staying in touch with people as you go so that it's you know even if it's 10 people at the local library you say would you like to sign up for my email list and you know once the book is finished I'll I'll send you whatever the discounted pre-release version you know whatever the thing is that you're going to send and just slowly start off with you know 10 becomes 20 becomes 50 becomes 100 you know anything that you can do you know all of those things in the kind of pre pre-launch phase is 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 connect with people and just start to slowly slowly capture that email audience and you know and obviously stay in touch with them and then at launch there are lots of things that you can do you know i <coughs> i think the facilities that we've got available to us inside of amazon are you know great for a new author that you can run deals you can run countdowns you can run you know free days i'm not kind of such a big fan of but you know there are things that you can do and again you want to be driving people back to some kind of website or blog somewhere that they can sign up for your email list so that when you released your next book mm-hmm. then you know you've built yourself a valuable a valuable asset um in your email list and the community of people who are interested in in talking to you so that, that i think is really the basics is and see it like a uh, like a really slow build you know again i think we said earlier in in the call that the a lot of first-time authors put that focus on gosh I've got to have thousands of people who you know who I can can send emails to for my first book don't worry about that don't worry if it's 50 you know don't worry if it's 20 just like just start and then and then what you'll find is for your next book then it will be 200 and then for your next book it might be 2000 and you know and there I mean there are so many things that you can do in terms of you know guest blogging and putting yourself out there and just all of the different ways that you can you can get gain exposure as an author but I think the critical thing is write capture email addresses all of the time and have your own platform where you can you know you can direct people back to just a simple blog a simple one-page site to say you know sign up here for more information about my book and just see it as that like long-term process that, that that you're always engaged in yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, email list is very crucial and important because this will be your platform, which will be independent from any other platform, which is not yours. So if no. something happens to Facebook or Twitter, you won't be worried because your readers, you, you have your access to your readers. No. And if you manage to keep them engaged, they may even come back to you by giving you ideas for your new books, or, uh, you know, you can get your better readers there and you know many many other things which you can do so actually building and engaging your email list is very very important i think that's like the foundation you will be building things on top and that will be like the long-term strategy you should concentrate on I think so. I think it's at the core of everything. And then anything else you do is, you know, is is on top of that and is almost like a kind of outer outer circle which feeds into building your own list, your own platform. So, you know, at the moment kind of everyone's talking about having a Facebook page and that's great, but do people actually see your feeds? Facebook really wants yeah. us to pay for ads. There is, you know, they're changing their terms so that you can't now say, hey, buy my book. You know, those sorts of posts won't be shown to readers. So you have no control over that platform. You don't know exactly how it's going to go in the future and whether they might introduce charges for business pages. You know, you just, yeah. just don't know. So use it while it's there, while it's a medium, you know, while it's appropriate, but all the time be building be building your own resources. And I see it's the thing, Annie, that, that I see people 
again and again it's you know it's one of those mistakes is that I didn't start building my email list early enough it's the kind of core thing so I think that's the thing I want to really emphasize and don't worry if it's you know two people and your grandma it's like just start somewhere <laughs> just just start yeah somewhere yeah, yeah. Agree. But, I mean there's lots of things we could talk about you know book marketing so wide is there good reads obviously there's there's a ton of stuff but I think the core is have a have some kind of web property have an email list, you know, properly, properly um, managed email service provider. Don't just send them out from, you know, your Gmail account or your Yahoo account. Get an email service provider. Um, if it has a monthly fee, just, you know, pay the monthly fee. It has to all be done properly. And then focus on your writing, get your book out there. And then from there, you know, think about adding one thing. Okay, I'm going to add a Facebook page. Okay, I'm going to investigate Goodreads. Okay, I'm going to do some guest blogging. You know, add one thing layer by layer. But but at the core of it, if you, you know, if you only do the one thing, keep, keep that email list and encourage people to sign up. Yeah, absolutely. And how are you engaging your email list? I, I'm sure you're not just sending them the announcements that the new book is out. You you obviously email them in between. So what what yeah. kind of things are you are are they getting your blog posts or what is the content that they usually keeps them engaged and and interested until the next book comes out? Yeah, I think this really varies, um, actually. And, you know, it's one of those things I kind of study quite a lot. <laughs> I look at all the different approaches to because it is all about the relationship. The more engaged your community, obviously, the more likely they are then when you do say, hey, I've got a new book, you yeah. know, both to buy it and also to share it because you might have might have 80 people on your list, but you might have somebody else, somebody on your list who can share it to, you know, 200 of their close friends in their reading group so you know it's like again it's a kind of snowball effect so it is important to keep it engaged and as an as an I mean I I tend to send people information things blog things you know I I also do um uh, personally for me I will do like calls like you know Q&A calls that, that, that kind of thing so people can come along and you know we can have a chat can ask me things or I do um, little mini train you know mini free trainings um, on you know on, on teleseminar just like this kind of thing so that's that's personally what I do um, but it, it's whatever suits you and your preferences so if you find you want to have a podcast you know that's great and then obviously you send your email list you say hey you know here's my new podcast it's at this link or wherever it is if it's on itunes if it's on your your site um so you kind of you know you're kind of getting in touch with people in a number of different ways if you like to do little videos then say hey this morning you know i wrote about my character and they did this or you can send them snippets of your writing or you can send them background on the character or just you know just 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 small pieces of of information about the progress or about the, the things around your story whatever it is that's interesting I think for fiction people are interested in the story and the characters and the um process I have seen some people who um who are fiction writers who try to kind of cross over sometimes you know for example self-published fiction writers will try to engage their fiction readers in the self-publishing process and actually that's not always a great thing to do you know if you want to do something some teaching then 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 keep a separate list for that because somebody who's interested in reading your story is not necessarily interested then they may not be a writer themselves they're not necessarily interested in your process they just want the book you know or the characters so you know so be aware of that obviously if you do a number of different things then then you know then keep separate lists for that um and for fiction writers it's going to be you know i 
I'd be interested in finding out when the new book's coming out, whether the author was doing any talks. I'd be interested maybe in some videos of those talks. I'd be interested in, is there any background? There are great facilities on, um, oh, we're going to cover so many topics here, aren't we? <laughs> it's like, uh, but on things like Goodreads, where you can post um, digital books, not, ne- not necessarily, I mean, you can post your whole book if you want to give it for free, but you could post, for example, like a, you know, like a little mini prequel, or you could post a, a little short story about one of your characters, which would help people engage with your author page. You know, again, if you've got an email list, your website, you can give away that information to say, sign up for my list. And I've got this free additional content, which is not available, you know, it's not available mm. for sale anywhere. So, so I think all of those, you know, all of those things that you might be doing, if you've got some, uh, let's say you're writing some kind of historical piece or, you you know, some kind of spy fiction, which involves going off to lots of interesting countries, just take pictures, you know, post the yeah. pictures on Facebook and send your email list to say, hey, look, you know, I posted something over here. I did this trip. It was a research, whatever it is that's uh, that's just going to help them engage with with just getting to know your characters it's about your characters they're less interested in you yeah 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 <laughs> as absolutely. An author. yeah yeah uh, it's about your book until you're too famous no one will be interested in you and your personal <laughs> life it should be about your characters <laughs> yeah exactly now we all want to know you know how much jk rowling earns but really yeah. we're not that interested in her yeah <laughs> at the you know the, the children who read harry potter don't care about her in absolutely. the slightest <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> We're just that kind of voyeuristic um, yeah. art, isn't it, when somebody reaches fame? Yeah, so don't assume, sad but true, don't assume people are interested in you. <laughs> They're really not. Yeah, yeah, no, no, they are not. Well, actually, um, to, to wrap up everything, because you, you brought really, really valuable information and a lot of it. By the way, I interviewed Farnoosh Brock and she said, you have to have Kathy on the podcast. And I <laughs> said, well, my good friend. Yeah. So and she mentioned your course. And I said, well, you know, I know about the course and we already <laughs> scheduled the interview. So I, I absolutely know that I should have her on my podcast. So, and, you know, as a, as a crossover, I, I, I didn't listen to that one yet, but she's a great example I know people ask this question Annie so let's address it but should I self-publish or should I look for a publisher and Farnoosh is a fantastic example again it's non-fiction um, with her juicing and her smoothie books of somebody who self-published did really well with her self-published books and because of that caught yeah. the attention of a publisher so I'm sure she talked through that yeah. process in, yeah, in yeah. that podcast but uh, yeah she's a, she's yeah she's a good good friend Farnoosh <laughs> Yeah, it, it's very interesting that very often people think that you have to choose either one or the other, but there is always a really yeah. nice hybrid option. And, you know, it's not like if you have done one, you can't do the other. You can do both, actually, and, and, and quite successfully. So it's not like you don't really have a choice. There's always a choice and you can be both mm-hmm. uh, traditionally and self-published at the same time. No problem with that, I think. So um, you provided lots of valuable information information and I have a feeling that these days since there are lots of information out there and when someone like a newbie writer is starting to look for information and gets very very different things from blogs podcasts and from different other so online courses etc at some point he may be overwhelmed by you know too much information so can you just put um, just a few points of uh, what one should start with in the very, very beginning. Let's say I'm writing a book 
and uh, what are the first few things that I have to address while writing the book to make sure that everything goes well from the very beginning? Yeah, um, well, I think it's, it's since we brought up the publishing um, question, I think it's important to be clear about how you want to publish because that will impact what you write and how you write. So, for example, if you are determined to go with a traditional publisher, obviously then you're into the idea of finding an agent, writing a proposal, you know, sending sample mm-hmm. chapters. So then then what you're writing is different. Yeah. You're not actually necessarily writing the whole book until you've been accepted. So make that decision at the beginning. We, you know, I would recommend self-publishing if you have not got those kind of contact, contacts because it, because it just allows you to put your work out there to you know see how it goes and if if your book is successful then you already have a pedigree you have a a, you know track record to go to a publisher with so that that would be you know my recommendation but obviously people can can make their own decision but make that decision at the beginning even if you know 90% of the way through you, you say I'm going to change it actually I've been approached and you know now I'm going to do this differently that's okay but at least have a track have something that you are aiming for so let's say you're aiming to self publish your book therefore you need you know you need to do certain things along the process so that's the first thing and then i'm i i i think try to create a project which is manageable for you if it is your first book because you don't know what's involved you don't know how long it's going to take so it might be that you start for example instead of the the great big epic novel you might want to start with a novella you notice i'm going to do twenty thousand fifty thousand words i'm just going to put it out i'm going to test it get to completion practice my craft as a writer that's going to be my target the same with a non-fiction book you might say rather than i, I work with people um annie who have decades and decades of experience and they just want to put everything into that book and it's yeah it's mm-hmm. it's like you know let's just keep this really limited let's do one book and then that idea can be your second book so you know pick something which is manageable that's that's the next step so decide your publishing options make the whole project manageable and you know as we said writing habits is the next thing you have to have a, have a structure and then go through the, the writing habits and i i think when it comes to the publishing um, stage a lot of people worry about spending small amounts of money and I would say don't you know don't don't spend lots of money though I don't want to say like go off and you know buy these author services which are like two three four five thousand dollars which are just a complete waste of money my personal opinion but like book baby it's you know it's a couple of hundred dollars to get your book formatted and released through a service like book baby smashwords does it differently where they take a percentage of your royalty there are services where you can pay relatively small amounts of money a couple of hundred dollars fifty dollars two hundred that those sorts of amounts of money if it makes your life easier if it gets your book out to completion more quickly then then I would recommend that you you find the investment to pay for those services because it could take you weeks. You could end up with a badly formatted book, which, by the way, will get you those bad reviews that we yeah. talked about. Yeah. Just be prepared to to ask for help and don't always think that you have to do everything yourself. You're you're a writer. Your 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 skill, your special talent is in your expertise or is in your creativity. So you know, be prepared to, to outsource and look around for some affordable services um, in the first instance to, to get it out there and um, you know, and then test it. And I, I think that's the process. I, I know a lot of people will say, "Oh, you have to think about your marketing before you start." And we know in an ideal world, you do have to think about your marketing before you start if you want your book to do well. But 
there is so much to do that for a first time writer I think just 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 complete the first book and then for your next book you can do the big book launch and you can plan it differently and uh, you know that that would be my process mm-hmm. I see well thank you so much Kathy it was a pleasure to have finally have you here <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited it's, it's it was really nice uh, you brought lots of value and information to the listeners and I'm sure they will appreciate that so thanks for coming and thank you for your time Mm, you're welcome, Annie. Nice to talk to you. Have a great day. You too. Well, that was my conversation with Kathy Pressland. Before finishing up the episode, though, I would like to tell you something. A few days ago, I tried to engage my email subscribers into conversation and get to know them better. I would like to give a big shout out to all those who replied. I truly appreciate you guys. It really meant a lot to me. It feels so great to know who my listeners are and what they are doing. I would really love to keep in touch with and create relationships with all of you. And since my podcast is mainly interview-based and I don't do solo episodes often, by the way, let me know if you'd like to get more of those uh, so I know. Um, I don't share as many things with you through the podcast as I would like to. So my emails will be soon b- become new means of conversation. And this time, conversations not with the interviewees, but with you. So in case you have not subscribed to my email list yet, but would like to join, please go to www.annialexander.com slash free, Annie spelled A-N-I, and do so. Apart from being part of the Right to be Read podcast tribe, you will also get a really cool free book from me as a thank you. Well, I guess that was all for now. I wish you a mind-blowing weekend and many inspirational experiences to write about. Take care and keep on writing.